Hi, this is Philip Holland, host of Hope for the Day. I'm so excited that you are listening and you have this to look forward to from today's message. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God and prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. A bride is exquisite. It is, in many cases, as beautiful as she has ever been in her entire life. That is what God has planned for us. The most beautiful earth that we can imagine. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God for all, all of eternity. Welcome to Hope for the Day with Pastor Philip Holland. Unlike any other time, people are asking the question, is the end near? We have wars and rumors of wars, natural disasters, pandemics, and persecution. In this series, Pastor Philip is going to dive deep into the topic of end times as we study the book of Revelation, 1 Thessalonians, Ezekiel, Isaiah, and many other biblical prophecies. What we will find in this series is that Christians should not be scared of the end, but recognize God is bringing all things to a perfect ending. Please enjoy the message. that quickly with the disappearance of literally probably hundreds of millions of people. And that's going to cause a great disturbance in the world, which is what's going to trigger the next event, which is the tribulation. Now I'm going to camp out here for just a moment because I didn't spend a lot of time on this last week. But if you look at Daniel chapter 9, there's something there that's known as the 77s. And the 77s are 490 years. And I'm going to take a few minutes to explain to you the seven years because the tribulation, biblically speaking, is supposed to last for seven years from this premillennial view. I'm going to read to you from Daniel now. 77s are decreed for your people and your holy city to finish transgressions, to put an end to sin, to atone for wickedness, to bring an everlasting righteousness, to seal up vision and prophecy, and to anoint the most holy place. This 77s inaugurates a millennial kingdom. Know and understand this. From the time the word goes out to restore and rebuild Jerusalem, which is... Artaxerxes issuing a decree to a man known as a man named Nehemiah to go back to Jerusalem to begin to rebuild the city and reestablish the temple there and the sacrifices and, and all that went along with that. From the time that that decree was issued to the anointed one, which is Jesus, the ruler comes, there will be seven sevens which is 49 years, and 62 sevens, uh, which I won't do the quick math on that, but essentially it all adds up to 483 years, okay? I know you're tracking great with me. It will be rebuilt with streets and a trench, but in times of trouble. And the 62 sevens, the anointed one, will be put to death and will have nothing. So 483 years from the time Artaxerxes issued a decree to the time that Jesus died, This is what this is in reference to. The people of the ruler who will come and destroy the city and the sanctuary. So he talks, so so now he's beginning to transition into future events. So you've got 483 years that have gone. This was the rejection of Jesus Christ. So now, like I described it to you last week, I'll describe it this way again. If you're in in a more competitive chess game, you have a clock. And the purpose of that clock is to 
keep track of the amount of time it takes you to make different moves. When you make your move, you hit the clock, the clock stops. The other clock starts. So when Israel rejected Christ, bam, the clock stopped. 483 years. So there's still seven years left, according to Daniel's, Daniel 9 prophecy, to be fulfilled, which we will see in the tribulation. Now how and what exactly is that seven years meant to consist of? The end will come like a flood. War will continue until the end and the desolation, sorry, the desolations have been decreed. He will confirm, he being the Antichrist, will confirm a covenant with many, with many for one seven. One seven is seven years, all right? In the, so, he, so, so the Antichrist is going to have a peace treaty with Israel. Israel is going to be allowed to rebuild the temple. There's going to be sacrifices that are then going to be uh, reinitiated to where the Jewish people can then sacrifice in Jerusalem. They'll be able to do this for in the middle for three and a half years. And at that point, the Antichrist is going to say, I don't need you all anymore. I don't want you anymore. And he will put an end to the sacrifices and the offerings that have been taking place. And at the temple, he will set up an abomination that causes desolation, which in other words, will be a statue of himself to be worshiped until the end that is decreed is poured out on him, which will ultimately culminate in what is Armageddon. Now that's a whole lot. I'll show you this quick little graph that, that'll talk through it a little bit. You have Daniel receiving his vision and then Artaxerxes' command uh, to go back to Jerusalem, rebuild around 445 BC. And then you start adding up all the years. And then after 483 years, you have the time in which Christ is being put to death. At that point, everything is put on a pause. And right now we are in this church age and we're waiting on a snatching away as the Bible says, which is the rapture, we're waiting on this tribulation after that to then begin, which you can imagine there's going to be quite a disruption when hundreds of millions of people and a panic all of a sudden seemingly disappear. Now, the purpose of that will be the redemption of Israel primarily, but then others will still come to faith in this time as well through the 144,000 that you read about in Revelation that have come to faith in Christ. And also with this, the tribulation will, will bring about a great condemnation of unbelievers. And then all of that, again, will culminate in a great battle that's known as Armageddon. If you read the Bible, there's 200 million armed soldiers that are going to be coming from the east towards Jerusalem. And they are going to come that way to sack Jerusalem. Now, some have said it's a nation that currently exists. Maybe. I don't know if it's Russia. I would doubt it. It could be China. They actually have the numbers of people that could, that could accomplish this from the east. My opinion is, is it's probably going to be an Islamic army that comes from the east towards Jerusalem, 200 million soldiers to take back this holy land of theirs as well. But all of that will culminate before there's, ever, before there's ever a defeat by either side in Jesus Christ returning, and that battle will be over. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. Our mission is to offer you hope through Christ-centered biblical preaching. We certainly hope that this broadcast is doing just that for you today. You might not know this, but each of these sermons are recorded live at Valley View Christian Church in the Denver metropolitan area. If you live in the city, we'd love to meet you in person. We offer Sunday services at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. 
We have programming for children of all ages, dynamic worship, plenty of opportunities to get connected beyond Sundays, outreach initiatives, and much, much more. Do you want to know why we do all that we do? Because so much of our church leadership has had their life changed at a local church. Because it's here that we met Jesus and he changed our lives. And we want Jesus to change your life as well. So attend a service at Valley View Christian Church. We would love to meet you personally. We're located just south of Highlands Ranch off of Highway 85 Santa Fe. You can go to our church's website, valleyviewcc.com, for more information. And again, those Sunday service times are at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. Now let's get back to our program. And that will be his coming that truly will establish his kingdom. This is what it says in Revelation 19. I saw heaven standing open, and there before me was a white horse, whose rider is called Faithful and True. With justice he judges and wages war. His eyes are like a blazing fire, and on his head are many crowns. He has a name written on him that no one knows but he himself. He is dressed in a robe, dripped in blood, and his name is the Word of God. The armies of heaven were following him, riding on white horses and dressed in fine linen, white and clean. Coming out of his mouth is a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations. And so there will be judgment that takes place here. Everyone at this point that does not believe in Jesus Christ will be judged. He will rule them with an iron scepter. He treads the winepress of the fury of wrath of God Almighty. On his robe and on his thigh, he has the name written King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that is what's going to happen in that moment. There's going to be a separation, the sheeps and the goats. There's going to be those that believe that will be ushered into the millennial kingdom. And everybody who doesn't, you're going to be off into Hades. You're going to go into Sheol. You, there is going to be an, a damnation that you're going to experience at that particular point. And now there's going to be then a millennial reign that is established. A literal 1,000 year reign that Christ will sit on a throne. And this is what Revelation 20 tells us about that millennial reign. And I saw an angel coming down out of heaven, having the key to the abyss. And holding in his hand a great chain, he seized the dragon, the ancient serpent, who is the devil or Satan, and bound him for a thousand years. He then threw him into the abyss and locked and sealed it over with him to keep him from deceiving the nations anymore until the thousand years were ended. And after that, he must be set free for a short time. Now, why is it that there is a millennial reign? And why is it that Satan was not just immediately vanquished whenever Jesus returned. Well, the main reason is that God is a man of his word and he is faithful to his promises, specifically the Abrahamic promises that he gave Abraham in the book of Genesis. And those promises were specifically a land promise that would be fulfilled, completely fulfilled. That promise has never been fulfilled yet. They, they have a nation, they are put in a place, but they have not been able to totally occupy that land completely. There is the descendant ruling the world, who is Christ. And then the world will experience peace and prosperity beyond anything that we have ever experienced or imagined. Isaiah 11 says, describes it this way. But with righteousness, he will judge the needy. With the breath of his lips, he will slay the wicked. The wolf will live with the lamb, then the leopard will lie down with the goat. 
They will neither harm nor destroy on all my holy mountain, for the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. It is going to be an incredible and an amazing time. But there's a catch with the millennial kingdom, is that people are still going to be born during it. And those people who are born over a thousand years, and you can just imagine how much our population as a world has grown over the last thousand years. Thousand years. Billions of people, billions of people more exist in our world today. Some of those people born won't believe and follow Jesus. Instead, they'll reject him. And in doing that, they will be following Satan. And so what that will all lead to is another great battle in which God's holy city is going to be surrounded and the people that are against Jesus are going to come up against them when Satan is unbound and released at the end of that thousand years. All the promises are fulfilled, but there are still people that are against Jesus. And then what does all that bring about? Well, that's going to bring us to what's known as the great white throne of judgment, that Jesus is going to return the armies of Gog and Magog are going to be destroyed. And with that destruction, there is going to be a judgment. And the great white throne of judgment is specifically on people who don't believe in Jesus. And what is one of the great indicators of people who don't believe in Jesus? Well, it's that you are depending on yourself. And you are depending on how good you are. And you are depending on what you have done. And so that's what you'll be judged on. And I'll tell you, as a man who does believe in Jesus, I'm pretty grateful that I don't have to worry about that because I know what I've done and I know things I've thought and I know things I've said and I know lines that I've went past that I shouldn't have gone past and I don't have to worry about what I've done because I'm focused on what Jesus has done for me and it's his grace and mercy that helped me to avoid this judgment. Now, I don't know where you are. I know where many of you are, but maybe there's some of you that that's not where you are. That this is still a judgment seat that you're gonna have to go before and bow. And everything that's ever been a part of your life, you're gonna have to lay bare to him. And you know what? He has a pretty high bar because of this. Because for you and for me, we have a tendency to base what is good and what is bad and what that bar is on how good and bad we have been. And so you look at somebody else and you say, well, I know I've made it or I know I'm successful or I know I'm a good person because I didn't do those things. I haven't committed adultery. I have never abused anybody. I've never been in prison. I don't have a felony. I got a couple of misdemeanors, but I don't have a felony. <laughs> but that doesn't matter because we're not judged based on each other because you aren't made in my image and I'm not made in your image and we're not made in the image of each other. We're made in the image of God, the one who is perfect, the one who is holy. And so when we stand before his judgment seat, if we don't have a faith in Jesus Christ, we're matched up against his bar. And guess what? His bar is really high. His bar is perfect. And no matter how good you are or how close you are, you're not made in his, you're not made in my image, you're made in his image. And that is the standard by which everyone has to fall under. And that is a standard that we've all fallen short of. But thanks be to God that it's not based on what you've done or I've done. It's based on what Jesus has done for us. And all that you have to do is believe that. And if you believe, 
And those who are living during this time believe they don't have to worry about this judgment seat. But if you don't believe, well, this is what it is. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and the books were opened. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Then the dead were judged according to what they have done as recorded in the books. What books? The book that records every single thing that you have ever thought, said, and done. And you'll be judged according to that without a faith in Jesus. Thank you for tuning in to Hope for the Day. I hope that this message has been an encouragement to you. I know that it has been to others. You see, it is through the generous contributions of people like you that this ministry can thrive and get God's truth out into the world. I recently received a card from someone who said, thank you for these messages on Hope for the Day. They are encouraging and refreshing as we get the opportunity to hear biblically-centered teaching that continually points people to Christ. And that is just one of several notes that we have received of those who appreciate the teaching here at Hope for the Day. If you'd like to become a partner of ours, just go to Valley View Christian Church's website at valleyviewcc.com. It's there that you can click on the Give tab, and then you can designate your gift to go to the Hope for the Day ministry. And we would love it if you would partner with us in this way, and I know many others would as well. If you are in the Denver metropolitan area, We wouldn't want you to just be a supporter of ours. We want you to attend one of our services in person to be a part of the experience that we have here at Valley View Christian Church. We offer three service times on Sunday at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And it's at each one of these services that we record the messages that you hear here on Hope for the Day. Now let's get back to today's broadcast. And then the sea gave up the dead that were in it. And the death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. And each person was judged according to what they have done. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into a lake of fire. And it is here that we see that people are judged because they're unbelievers in Jesus. Jesus. It's here that the basis of the judgment is on their works. And the result of that judgment is an eternal damnation. And so that's why we present to you, if that is you, there is opportunity, there is time for you to receive Jesus, to believe in him, to talk to one of us pastors about that. We exist so that you can enter into a faith in Christ. That is why we are here and we want to come alongside you. And that is one of the reasons why Jesus is being held back by God is because he doesn't want you to perish. He doesn't want you to be eternally separated from him and maybe even others that are your loved ones. And all that you have to do is enter into that relationship. And that's something that we love to journey with you for because we want for you an eternal future. Not one that is of torment, but one that is of hope of one that is of peace, of one that is of joy and worship and experience with others. And the Bible describes that eternal future this way. By the same word, God's word, 
The present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of the ungodly, which is what we just read about. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar, and the elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything done in it will be laid bare. Did you know that if you believe in Jesus, you won't end up in a heaven for eternity? You actually will end up in earth, at earth eventually. It is a new earth. That the old heavens and the old earth where we are now will all be destroyed. And God is going to make us a new earth that we will get to reside in for an eternal future that is going to consist continually of his presence. Revelation describes it this way. And then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. It's not that in this new heaven and this new earth there is no sea and water. That's not the case at all. The sea represents evil. There is no more evil. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven from God and prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. A bride is exquisite. It is, in many cases, as beautiful as she has ever been in her entire life. That is what God has planned for us. The most beautiful earth that we can imagine. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them and they will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God for all, all of eternity. And it is amazing to me that God's word does offer us these promises, does offer us this description of what it is to come. That we have this message that Christ is going to come. In his word. What else is amazing is that Jesus left us that same message before he left. When Peter and John learned that the tomb was empty, they ran to the tomb. John hesitated. He didn't want to go in. He wasn't sure exactly of what was happening around him. And then Peter, as the text tells us in John 20, came following John, and went into the tomb. He saw the linen cloth lying there and the face cloth, which had been on Jesus' head, not lying with the linen cloths, but folded up in a place by itself. Now, that is a fairly insignificant detail that this cloth had been folded up. But it is a significant detail as it relates to Hebrew culture. You see, in that culture, a king would often have a meal amongst many people that was served by several servants, many servants, in fact. And one of the big things, one of the more important details that those servants would always pay attention to was if the king left the table, should they leave his food or not? Should they clean up after him or not? And in the case of many of these Hebrew kings, what they would decide to do if they were done with their meal is they would wad up, their napkin, and just throw it on their plate. And then the servants knew that they were then supposed to go and pick up the plate because they knew the king wasn't coming back. They knew he was done. But if the king took that napkin and he folded it, set it off to the side, and then walked away, those servants knew he was coming back. Yeah. And Jesus 
When he walked out of that tomb, he didn't take that cloth and those linens, that cloth that was around his head and the linen that was around his body, he didn't take that cloth and just throw it off to the side. He took it and he so ever delicately folded it up and set it down to communicate to every one of his servants, both then, now, and into the future, that he is coming back. (laughs) And so as we consider the fact of what it is that is to come, that he's coming back, the Bible tells us something else, that until that day comes, we are supposed to set aside a few moments and every time, every time we come together like this and to remember the sacrifice that he made for us. And it's in that sacrifice that we remember what he's done and we acknowledge what he's going to do. That Jesus Christ died on a cross, his body was torn, his blood was shed, and that through that we can all who believe in him remember what he has done but then also know what it is that he's still going to do. And so in this time, I want to encourage you to reflect on what he has done for you, the fact that you have fallen short of his glory. But but you don't have to be burdened by that. You don't even have to carry the shame of that, that his burden is light and his yoke is easy, and he is going to take all that on for you if you just give it to him by his grace. Well, unfortunately, we have to bring today's message to a close. But my hope is that the word that was spoken was an encouragement to you. That's always our hope here at Hope for the Day. Did you know that these messages are recorded at Valley View Christian Church every Sunday? And if you're here in the Denver metropolitan area, we'd love to have you attend one of our Sunday services at Valley View Christian Church. We have Sunday service times at 8 a.m., 9.30 a.m., and 11 a.m. And we'd love to have you come and attend one of those services and be with us. And I, Pastor Philip Holland, would love to meet you in person. And also remember that the Hope for the Day broadcast is available on your favorite podcast provider. So we look forward to having you again with us on Hope for the Day.